Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime. Perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 974. The Problem with So-Called Health Habits, part two, by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. And I'm Dr. Neil. Hey there, happy Thursday and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and lots more, just like an ongoing audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors, and always with permission from the sites. Now, today's post is part two from yesterday, so if you're new here or skipping around, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. That's episode 973. But if you're all caught up, Let's jump right in and hear part two and continue optimizing your life. The Problem with So-Called Health Habits, part two, by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. Humans are creatures of habit, and even despite something causing us to break down and make us sick, we have a hard time changing because we are desperate for familiarity. Bad habits are also hard to break because they need to be replaced with new habits. An example of the guy staying up too late playing video games would mean he would have to do two things to get rid of his habit of sleeping in. One, stop playing video games late at night and get to bed on time. And two, wake up early and get back into the habit of training before work again. Many times we're simply unaware of our bad habits. Things like staying up so late has negative effects the following day. Giving into fast food at work or going through the drive-thru instead of dining at home can ruin our weight or fat loss efforts. And when we're completely unaware of what's not working for us, it's hard to make the changes we want to make. But just because we label a habit as right or wrong for us, it doesn't mean it's the same for everyone. Why most health habit advice fails us. Claiming a particular behavior or habit as healthy for everyone is most always going to be shallow, mediocre advice. Certain habits can be detrimental to some, while it might completely change the lives of others. The worst part about most of the simple advice for improving your health habits is that most of them rely on absolutes. And for anyone who understands anything about how diverse circumstances concerning humans can be, 
you know absolutes rarely exist. So when someone tells you to adopt a health habit, such as drinking more water or wearing sunscreen, you must first think critically about the recommendation and determine whether or not it makes sense for you. Here are some example statements. Drink more water. While everyone should stay hydrated, this advice can be both good and bad. If you're the type of person who never drinks water or always finds yourself quenching your thirst with sugary drinks, then this advice might be useful for you. If you're the health-conscious person who exercises daily and already gets plenty of water through your beverage and food intake, adding more water might be detrimental in that it could cause mineral loss and throw off electrolyte balance. This is especially true if you're lugging around a gallon jug of water and peeing every 30 minutes. What about this one? Complete an obstacle course or a food challenge. Now, it's all well and good to put yourself through one of those obstacle courses or a 12-week shredding challenge or go on a long hike reaching a summit you've never climbed before. But what does this do for your health habits? Probably nothing. Most of these health challenges are not sustainable in the long term. Here's why. Obstacle courses could put you at a high risk for injury. People have even drowned during these events. There's even some data showing that 51% of 737 surveyed CrossFitters experienced some form of injury within a year of completing the survey. Some food challenges deemed as healthy are often highly restrictive and may create a horrible relationship with food. Many of the exercise recommendations are too intense for the uninitiated. Telling someone to do a strenuous hike when they rarely walk around the block is a bad idea. And plus, most of those you hear about who were successful with a grueling challenge are only those who successfully made it to the end. What about all the others who tried and failed? You won't see or hear about them due to survivorship bias. This is the case where 100 people signed up for a challenge and only five people made it through. We rarely question what happened to those we never saw. Eat a meal replacement bar. Seriously? I read an idea presented in the top five health habits of a popular website article I won't mention. Eating a meal replacement bar to curb your cravings was their idea. They even said it would get you into the habit of eating smaller, more frequent meals for faster fat loss. Hint, smaller, more frequent meals probably won't make a lick of difference. This might be a good health habit for some whose diet is full of junk food. But for many, it's a waste of money when you could spend that same $3 on a few apples instead. What about wearing sunscreen every day? This health habit is not all bad, but it's not all good either. We should aim to protect our skin because, hey, we only get one meat suit to play around in. But this advice must be met with some context. Here's where this advice can be horrible. Take the average American working a nine-to-five job in a cubicle. They wake up, drive to work, sit all day long in an office building with no direct sun exposure. The only light they get is the brief sunlight when walking into the building, maybe, and the blue light emanating from their computer, tablet, and phone screens. When they go home, they're continually showered with artificial light up until bedtime. It's been drilled into our heads for decades now that there's a direct link between sun exposure and skin cancer. But did you know we need sunlight to thrive? So does most other life on Earth. Countless studies have shown the benefits and need of vitamin D, which is made by the body when exposed to direct sunlight. One study even suggests that avoiding the sun is as dangerous as smoking. So to whom would this health habit apply? most likely the person who is exposed to the sun for extended periods of time and runs the risk of burning. But just blindly wearing sunscreen because you're going to get some sun exposure could be doing you a lot of bad if you're low on sunlight to begin with. What about avoiding sugar? 
Due to the media's constant need to demonize macronutrients, many people are afraid of sugar. Some say it's the cause of obesity in the West, while others claim it has therapeutic properties. Here's where it could be good advice. Take a person who is obese, sedentary, and living off of junk food. If their goal is to lose body fat and get into better shape, avoiding extra sugar is a good start. What about someone who's very health conscious and trying to be absolutely perfect with their diet? This is where it gets ugly. Someone who's aiming to be very strict with their diet might take it to the extreme and miss out on the benefits of carbohydrates in their diet. Sugar is another word for carbohydrates. Despite how you feel about the difference between complex and simple carbs, they all break down to sugar or glucose. So if that health-conscious person is trying to be healthier and buys into the supposed health habit of avoiding all sugar, they might cut it out completely. And when you cut out entire food groups, you're not moving towards better health. What about people who say, you've got to eat clean, bro? I've written on this a ton, but clean eating has so many iterations, it's impossible to define. Labeling food as clean and dirty carries some heavy psychological weight. You're better off using my 85-15 principle, where you learn to eat a whole food diet while allowing for the occasional treats and indulgences to satisfy your cravings and never feel deprived. The 85-15 principle is simple. Make sure 85% of your daily intake comes from whole, nutrient-dense foods, and then eat whatever else you want to to make up for the rest. And I'll cover that in another article. You just listened to part two of the post titled The Problem with So-Called Health Habits by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Chasey's right. Every piece of advice needs to be put in context. Think about it this way. Imagine you weren't feeling well and decided you should see your doctor. You get to their office, the physician greets you, and without asking about your symptoms, says, go home, stop stressing, get some rest, Be sure to eat five to nine combined servings of fruits and vegetables each day and exercise at least 150 minutes each week. Feel better, bye. You would probably feel horribly insulted. Granted, this advice was probably better than just spray some Windex on it. Not a very timely reference, I know, but hey, this is what came to mind. But this is what JC was alluding to when discussing some of these generic health recommendations. Now, I'm not saying you should ignore these recommendations. Quite the opposite, in fact. You just need to know which of these recommendations apply to you and your lifestyle. This is why health practitioners spend so much time asking you questions at the beginning of your visit to their office. 
They want to understand your symptoms and your health history. They want to be able to give you the most effective recommendations based on your needs. This is why dietitians and nutritionists and personal trainers talk to you about your goals because they need to tailor a plan that suits you. Then they take these health recommendations and mold them to suit you and your needs. So if you want to start a new healthy habit, think about the ones that are out there. Think about the ones that we talk about on this show all the time and pick one that jumps out at you. Pick one that you think will suit your lifestyle right now. And that's the one you start with. And when you get going with it, mold it so that it fits your lifestyle. Remove as many barriers as possible. Those things that get in the way of you performing that habit. And what we're learning from lots and lots of studies is that the more you do it, the more repetitive it becomes, even if you don't like it, the easier it becomes. So eventually, if you stick to it consistently, it will become a new habit. All right, that'll do it for me for today. Thank you, as always, for being here. Thank you for listening every day. Thank you for sharing this show with someone. I hope you're having a great week so far and staying safe. And I'll see you back here tomorrow for our Friday Q&A and where your optimal life awaits.